1: the Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels the last time we had a coach fired during the season. Oh boy. I lost Jeff Saturday immediately.
0: My sources are telling me that Jeff Saturday is here behind those blue doors. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. thank He's goodness. Here, oh, okay. goodness. Have <laughs> the
1: Jaguars <laughs> won three straight games? Uh, yes. Five. No, they five. haven't. Five. They won five. Five in and, a row. Well, that's not three. <laughs> Magnificent. You are a smith. Happy
2: Halloween oh, yeah.
0: yeah. for
1: at yeah. yes. this. That is weird right there, Greeny. Chris can. He is... Full on three princes. I'm going as the wet blanket. Does anyone else feel like we're interrupting Jeff from a hunting trip <laughs> as we? <start> <laughs> <laughs> Let's away. go. Nick Lowry, what might he be? Hi. Who the hell is Lowry? He's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. That's great. You're the first lady. I'm the He's first. He's the bishop. What even is that? That boy, bad.
2: This linebacker is probably pooping bricks right now. <laughs> He's too small.
1: You're rolling, baby. Uh, You're uh, rolling. Too
2: small, little boy. Get out of here. I think I need a new security. <laughs> you might like a small cake, Greenie. <laughs>
1: I like a big cake. (laughs) I
3: like a big cake.
1: (laughs) Lillian is the big one. Uh, Raziano showing off the skills. We like it. Ryan Clark joins our conversation on this Football Friday Hour number two. We're live here at the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Unbelievable basketball as well. The future of the sport is named Victor Wembanyama, and in a few minutes you will see why. But let us begin with last night in Pittsburgh. Game of the night. Opening drive for the Steelers, taking on the Titans. The point was made earlier by Chris Canty. The Steelers chose the ball. They went right down the field. They scored a touchdown on their opening drive for the first time in forever.
3: And for the first time, they look like the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they like to do, running the football to the tune of 166 yards. Najee Harris looked like Najee Harris. He did a
1: combination of him and Jalen Warren very good. Meanwhile, nice pocket
3: awareness here from the rookie, Will Levis. Hey, i got to tip my hat, man. Listen, that is a tough environment to play in. I've played in there many times. The kid you know, represented himself very well making plays. Look at the gun show right there. Yeah, he he's, he's looks
1: the part. It's just his second NFL start, and he played well again. This is Derrick Henry taking it in. Titans would have a 13-10 halftime lead. Now we're five minutes to go in the ballgame. Steelers are down 16-13-1 welcome back Deontay Johnson and how about this throw from Kenny Pickett
3: hey, Kenny Pickett played well as well just putting it where only his guy can get Deontay Johnson you know was the number one I know he wanted to make it Pickens, but he was the number one before he got hurt welcome
1: back young man he had seven catches for 90 yards meanwhile I mentioned Jalen Warren here he is sprinting to the outside will really he take it in no he won't on the precipice however and the Steelers First and goal from the three. They'll throw it into Deontay Johnson, so they reclaim the lead.
3: Oh, I finally found the end zone. He was allergic to it for about two years, but he finally got back in. And, oh, take that monkey off my back. Finally! Final minute. Titans fourth and seven. Here's your
1: ball game, folks. It's Levis. Where's he looking? He's looking for DeAndre Hopkins. It is incomplete. Oh, ball game over, right? Baby peasy. Oh, we got another penalty. Ten. Penalties on the Steelers last night. That one defensive holding on Joey Porter Jr. So they're still alive. 44 seconds left. Levis. Chris Moore. Levis threw for
3: 262 oh, yeah, on the night. A great play right They've here. They've got oh, a chance. A dagger.
1: But here's the last play. 11 seconds. What does Levis get wrong? I
3: mean, he has to do it. I mean, I would, would have liked to see them... Um, Take the tight end out and put maybe Hopkins in there. They couldn't get an opportunity because they were doubling Hopkins. I would have put that ball up to Hopkins in the slot.
1: Intercepted on the final play as Quan Alexander drops back and makes the pick, and the Steelers somehow tumbling their way to another win. <laughs> I, I'm going to read you this number, and it is still remarkable. They have been outgained by 790 yards through their eight games this season. They have been outgained in every single one of their games this year. They're the only team in history to be outgained in each of their first eight games and still
4: have a winning record. Outgained by 90 yards a game? Yeah. Like, it's not even close. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it, it's Tomlin. You just have to, I mean, the R.C. played for him. Let him take it away. Let's get the man
1: who can explain it all to us. Ryan Clark gets up with us on a Friday morning. How do you explain the
2: Pittsburgh Steelers being 5-3? and three? Listen, I can't explain it, Greeny. We never got out game like this. People couldn't move the football on us. So this is something new <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. But what's not new is finding a way to win. I know we talk about the stat very often that Mike Tomlin has never had a, lo- a losing season. But this is part of it. Think about the way that this team has rebounded after every loss this season. Kenny Pickett, much maligned throughout the entire year. He puts together a drive with a big pass to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson actually drops a football on the play before the touchdown, Kitty Pickett goes right back to him. To find a running game, defense make just enough plays and I believe TJ Watt once again showing us why he's in the MVP conversation in my opinion. Mike Tomlin is about winning football. Mike Tomlin's message doesn't change week to week. Now, it will adjust based on how his team plays. And what he's shown is when his team loses the game, he understands how to get them back refocused, how to get them dialed in and find a way to win. Can this team win playoff games? Hell no, right? Because when you get against the good of the good every week, the good teams are going to find a way to beat you. But will they win regular season games because of the man at the helm with the headphones on? Absolutely. Okay, so Bart, help me.
1: The players here in the conversation. To me, I want to give all of the credit to Tomlin because yeah. Dan Graziano brought it up earlier. You framed it well. Football is a game of accumulating yards. How, how did you describe it again? Uh, it's a ground acquisition game. It's a ground acquisition The Steelers yeah.
4: are bad at that.
1: They're bad at it. <laughs> they, they have lost that battle every single game this yeah. year, and yet they've won five of their eight games. I want to give all of the credit for that. Essentially what it says to me is your players played better than my players, but I still won. I want yeah. to give the credit for that to the coach. How else do we explain it?
3: I mean, it's understanding who you are and the philosophy about how we're going to win games. We're not going to win games if we get in shootouts. So we're going to make sure that we control the football, control the pace of the game, take the air out of the game, and hope that the other team makes some mistakes because we understand that we have tremendous defense and running the ball is about, you know, field position and gaining yards through your special teams. and and, and, and winning that way. And and they've mastered it, and they understand who they are. They're not going to win some some shootout with some of these teams. They're going to ugly it up. And they make you play their style of play, not vice versa. Now, oddly enough, Tennessee is the same type of team. They're a team that we've seen win ugly games by running the football. They just hang around, hang around, and understand that they're not going to beat themselves. And they almost beat themselves with the, ter- with the penalties yesterday, right. but they found a way to win as only Mike Thompson does because he understands that, hey, this is our philosophy, this is how we win, and he holds everybody accountable.
4: And the, and the result of that is buy-in, right? Yeah. And this is when you talk about the greatness of, of great coaches. Three hours of things kind of really not yeah. going all that well. And yet still a team, a group of players that believes that if we continue to do what we're doing, if we continue to do what we're doing, it will work out. And that is – We'll be right there. That's great coaching. That's what it is. R.C.,
2: the thing is this, I agree with Dan Graziano. Statistically, this is a game of ground acquisition. But what it truly is is about scoring the most points on that day. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for the other teams that are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, NFL games don't have carryover. It doesn't matter if they were outgained or right. outscored the week before. It's about what happens in yeah. situational football moments on that night, on that day. And when you're the Tennessee Titans who plays a game where if we hang around, we find a way to win and you're you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just better at it. At it. They mm-hmm. have a coach who's done it for almost two decades. And what Dan said is absolutely right in this sense. It is about buy-in. It is about belief. Because when the game is coach close, they can look at their head coach and say, he's been here before. When the game is close, they can look at their head coach and say, he told me this on Monday. He told me this on Wednesday morning. And we are in the exact position he said we, we, we would be in. And this is how we win the game. And I think I think all of that plays in to the Steelers being five and three right now, albeit with us having no idea how in the <laughs> hell they are.
3: Like this reminds me of like Ryan loves movies, right? This reminds me of Rocky Five when he when he's going to fight and he's saying, "Hey man, to beat this team, you need speed. You ain't got any speed. Hey, your knees hey, are hurting. You got canceled deposits. <laughs> so to beat this team, we gotta rely on horsepower. <laughs> yeah, let's start building some hurting bombs <laughs> because that's how they just make it a physical match. They make a physical matchup and they just take you to deep water and they drown you. I, I'm looking at the games they have coming up.
1: They've got Green Bay. Yeah, they've got they got Arizona. Re- they've got New England. He's gonna, gonna have a winning but, record. It's but, they ha- but,
3: but they have. Baltimore, right, but who they beat. They'll be looking for a range. They got, the they got division, C- yeah. Cincinnati twice. Yeah, yeah, of course. Seattle's going to be a big one because they can ugly it up just enough <coughs> to beat Geno Smith.
2: Final, quick final word, RC. Guys, the problem is you mentioned, like, the Cardinals and Green Bay. Now, the Steelers don't suck but they ain't good enough to just count those as wins. Remember, they went to Houston and got their doors blown off. So they're going to have to come to play in all of those games, and Tomlin is going to have to Tomlin the hell out of those days.
1: (laughs) Okay, his name is a verb, and I love it. Okay, much more football as we go. But folks... We have seen the future of basketball and its name is Victor Wimbanyama. If this guy winds up having an unbelievable career, we will always remember last night as the night it began. In Phoenix, against Devin Booker and KD and the Suns, just look at this kid run the floor at 7'4", 7'5", whatever he is. Unstoppable in the lane. little lay-in. I don't even know what to call that. The Spurs were up 19 points after one, but he was just getting started. Trey Jones throwing it up <laughs> Wembenyama, putting it down so that stuff is easy to expect but watch the kids range look how silky this is knocking down the three and then Bart this next one is my favorite play watch him step into a three in the final seconds of the half
3: listen this is this is rarefied air right here we've never seen anybody this talented before I know Shaq wanted to put Bobo in that same breath but Bobo's on the bench watching
1: he had 20 points Juan Benyama did at halftime and then it's Devin Booker bringing the Suns back in the fourth quarter he had 31 points 13 assists Kevin Durant he had 28 Suns had been down as many as 27 they cut it to one and then in the final five minutes off nice ball movement they tie the game at 116 so you figure there's no way San Antonio on the road against this really good team is going to hold on yes they do <laughs> because Wimbenyama would score 10 of their final 12 points watch him getting hot inside outside it's a double it's ridiculous Wimbenyama 38 points 10 rebounds two blocks and in the end they find a way to win the game Brian Winhorst and Monica McNutt are up with us early this morning. You know, Wendy, you spent all that time in Paris telling me just how special this kid was going to be. Last night, I got to see it for myself. How would you describe it?
5: I'm going to make it real simple. We have never in the history of the game seen somebody this big who is this skilled. And that is that, that we've never seen anybody in the history of the game who is this big and this skilled. The combination of those two factors is huge at both ends. And probably the most impressive thing about this, their leading scorer, Devin Vassell, was out for the second half with a groin injury. Greg Popovich called his last time out with six minutes to go. He's on the road under assault by a great team, uh, and he, he holds through, shows poise to carry his team to victory. This is unbelievable stuff for the fifth game of his career.
1: Monica, what impressed you the most? Everything was on display last night. What stood out the most
6: to you? Tie ball game, Greeny. one 4 minutes, 12 seconds to go. And Victor goes on and scores 10 out of the next dozen points that the Spurs would score. I think for me, it's being able to perform when the game's lights were the brightest and literally the clutchest moments of the ball game. We could marvel at guys' ability to score and run up um, stats and all that stuff, and it be kind of empty. But this is two consecutive wins, hard-fought wins, over a Phoenix Suns squad that we expect to contend for a title this year. So I think his ability to understand the magnitude of the moment is the thing that I took away.
1: Now what we showed a lot of in the highlight there was his offense last night. But Wendy, you told me that he would step onto the floor in his first game as one of the league's best defensive players. And we can show some of that as well. That was also on full display.
5: Yeah, statistically, even though the Spurs have not been a good defensive team, he's been one of the best on-ball defenders in the league thus far. You can't get a basket on him at the rim. The opponents are shooting about 20%. Heads up at him, man-on-man. He has been awesome, and he's only going to get better because he's having some issues with some foul trouble. He'll learn as he goes along.
1: And Monica, what are people around the league saying? As as he's going to now start, I mean, everyone is watching. All these players are seeing it. They're going to hear the hype. What what are these players going to do with him?
6: I mean, a promise fulfilled in many ways, right? Like, think back to the draft as we prepare for that. You had guys like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, who were talking about the uniqueness of this young man. I think for it to come to fruition in such a big way versus one of his uh, role models in Kevin Durant just five games into his career, only solidifies that we should buckle up. All
1: right, stay close, guys. We we have some stuff I want to get to a little later in this hour from another place in the NBA, but we'll get back to football next. Coming up, it is the showdown of all showdowns. Hurts and Dak facing off in Philly. Is it a must-win for Dallas? If so, how do they get it done? Plus, big hill to climb for the Dolphins Sunday in Germany. Did you hear what Tyreek says he plans to do to his old team? You will hear it next. R.C.'s with us. It's Get Up on ESPN. delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply dell tech fest starts now to thank you for 40 unforgettable years dell technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech for a limited time only at dell.com
3: slash deals that's dell.com slash deals
1: back on get up the next game is called either or well let's talk about the game in philly bart who will have more total touchdowns sunday Dak or hertz
3: well, I think I'm going to go with Dak Prescott because I think he's going to have to air it out. And, you know, we know that Jalen Hurts can, you know, the tush push touchdowns and all that stuff. So I'll give more touchdown passes to Dak Prescott. All right. So we go Dak over Hurts in an interesting quarterback battle. Graziano,
1: let's go next to you. Who will have more receiving yards in Cincinnati Sunday night? Stefan Diggs
4: or Jamar Chase? I'm going to take Jamar Chase just because I really do think that the Buffalo secondary is in bad shape. And the. Bengals have had they had a pretty good defensive plan for Buffalo last year in the playoffs obviously we saw Stefan Diggs frustrated by that plan uh, and I think that that carries over into this game I think Chase has the better game of the two superstar receivers and speaking of superstars a lot of them in Frankfurt Germany tomorrow
1: RC who will have more passing yards Tua or Mahomes
2: you know what, I'm going to go with Tua Tonga Valoa. And even though the Kansas City Chiefs defense has played extremely well this season, when you look at the way that Mike McDaniel was dialed in with his young quarterback, Tyreek Hill, getting a chance to play his former team, I think that's a recipe to see them have a lot of ground acquisition, as yes. Dan Graziano would say. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and he acquires it pretty quickly in large chunks yeah. for the most part. So, again, they'll be in Germany tomorrow. He's not going back to Kansas City. But that doesn't mean Tyreek Hill isn't ready for his former team.
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter wh- where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC. But it, it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. Look, y'all ready to use that bulletin board material.
3: Bart, you love uh, that, right? He I, loves it. I love the confidence, man. Come get this work. I hope he go out there and pull a little Ocho Cinco on point down. Like, come on over here, man. Yeah, it's coming to me. Like, listen, everybody's tried to take him away. They've double teamed him. He split a double team last week. He, he really should be a candidate for, for MVP. You know, I, I would love to see a non-quarterback win the, the most valuable player yeah. because what he does, we haven't seen. We've seen guys get yardage, but the way he does it with pure speed and also a route runner, people think they can knock him off, bump him, jam him. He's probably the most complete player, and I understand that A.J. Brown is balling right now as well, but he's a physical big receiver as well, even though he's a little mini-me.
1: Yeah, I think both of those guys deserve to be in the MVP (laughs) conversation. I really do. As we put the picks up on the screen, R.C., when he says they're going to
2: get this work, what what, what should we expect that to look like? (coughs) (laughs) Hey, what the? You ever listen to extremely confident boxers, right? And you would say that if you're a boxer, you shouldn't egg on the opponent. But if you know you got these hands, you don't really Mm -hmm. care what you say to (laughs) him, And that's what Tyreek Hill is saying. Tyreek Hill is saying it doesn't matter who's on the other side. It doesn't matter what sort of turf we're on. It's about me. And when we've watched him throughout this season, the games I'm looking at, if I'm Steve Spagnola, I'm watching the New England Patriots game. I'm watching the Buffalo Bills game. I'm trying to figure out how did those teams keep the top on the defense and not allow Tyreek Hill to either get deep or have a catch and run that Explodes for a touchdown. And those are the things you have to worry about. It's not necessarily how many targets he gets. It's when he gets it in his hand, can you get him on the ground because you're close enough or you're able to tackle him. And when you watch Tyreek Hill and Tua Tonga Valoa, when number one, When Tua Valoa has an opportunity to play on time, there's nothing that you can do to this team. So Chris Jones is going to have to step up. Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to use defensive disguise to make Tua Valoa pump the football in the backfield. Because if they don't, it's been a long day for everyone in the league. And he said before the season, I believe I can get 2,000 yards and I'll be danged if he isn't well on his way. Getting that work.
3: It ain't nothing you can do about it, right? Because you're able, like you look at early on Bill Belichick, you look at the Buffalo Bills playing that umbrella type of situation. They've adjusted because they see how teams are, are playing them. So now even when you do that, if you don't get hands on this guy at the line of scrimmage, you yeah. make it a foot race, it don't matter how many guys you got dedicated to him in zone. He's going to run by everybody. Yeah. Raziano, why do you like Kansas City?
4: Well, in part because they lost last week, right? I I don't think that they're a team that generally is going to play two bad games in a row. We haven't seen Miami stand up to and be, uh, you know, a a very good team yet this year. I I still think Miami's very good, but I think Kansas City has proven – and look – that Spagnola defense is playing at a high mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Like they are, I mean, they are probably the best defense they've had in Kansas City since Mahomes became the starter. Uh, and I think they'll have a plan for Tyreek Hill. And, and, you know, there, there is some tape on how to yeah. do it. And I think they'll lean into that. Their secondary, their young secondary. Is full of budding stars, and I think they could have a big game.
1: May not. Their the receiving yeah. room is not. And, and the moment that I no. have here, I want to yeah. ask both my defensive players. Yeah. RC, I'll start with you. Because you weren't with us on Monday as, as you had the Monday campdown. We talked about it a lot after their loss to Denver. Are they too reliant on Travis Kelsey? If he doesn't have a huge day, this offense does not look the same. You tell me.
2: Hell yeah. Much far too reliant far too reliant. When you think about Travis Kelsey, if he doesn't have one of those 8-12 to catch games where Patrick Mahomes is consistently getting him the football, getting the football out of his hands, this offense does not move. And you go back to last week. It's 4th and 2. It's very late in the game. Patrick Mahomes basically hands Sky Moore the football like a baby bird is getting a worm from his mother's (laughs) mouth and he drops it. He totally lets the team down by not catching that football. And so if you're Patrick Mahomes. Who do you have confidence in other than number 87? When we've watched Rasheed Rice get the football, I feel like he's done good things. I believe he gets, or he needs to have more opportunities. And what happened to Isaiah Pacheco? What about the run game, Matt Nagy? If you want to take some of this off of Patrick Mahomes' shoulders, if you want to take some of this off of Travis Kelsey's shoulder, get the football in the hands of your aggressive, violent running back. When Michael Jordan had the flu game, he didn't walk off the field by himself. He walked off the court with Scotty Pippen. Somebody was holding him up and that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes needs is someone to hold him up when Travis Kelsey can't make those plays.
3: See see, Ryan, understand, quick. Ryan understands this. We're getting to the part of the season where numbers do lie right and they start to, to, to really the cream starts to rise right to the top. So miss me with that you know that the Miami Dolphins defense won't be different won't be better now that Jalen Ramsey has come and yeah. if Jalen Ramsey is oh, taking it's away be your number two guy, and Vic Fangio's from the old school. He's going to double the hell out of Kelsey, no matter yeah. where he goes. And where does Patrick Holmes go there? He's killing teams with his feet, but I think this is going to be a different defense than what we're used to seeing.
4: Yeah, I think, I, I, again, I think it's important to note that the Kansas City defense is playing at a high level Until? As well.
1: No question. Until they what? Are. Until they yeah. face
3: this juggernaut. We'll
4: find, find out. They just
1: arrived. Kansas City just arrived this morning in Frankfurt. Um, the Dolphins have been there for several days. We'll see if that winds up making a difference. As we continue, another twist and a big one in the sign-stealing scandal at Michigan. You need to hear what the coach of their next opponent Had to say. On the record, you will hear the words from him. And then, speaking of hearing words, a beard bash. Did you hear what James Harden had to say about his time in Philadelphia? Oh, my goodness. Don't miss this. Next, get up
3: on ESPN.
4: We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court, it can feel impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News. Because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.
1: All right, we are back on Get Up, and I think this continues to percolate and continues to be the biggest story in sports right now. Here's the latest on the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. All the Big Ten athletic directors, with the exception of Michigan's, met with the Big Ten commissioner Tony Petiti to discuss the issue. The ADs left the meeting with a better feeling that Petiti is taking the case and the Big Ten's ability to punish Michigan very seriously. Michigan plays Purdue tomorrow. Here's what the coach of the Boilermakers had to say.
0: And and what's crazy is there aren't allegations like it it happened. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, there's video evidence. There's um, ticket purchases and sales that you can track back. And, you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. Um, And so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals.
1: All right, so, so this is not going away. And it is going to continue to, to... There's no question this thing is going to continue to build to some sort of crescendo. The questions are, will that come before the college football playoff if Michigan is able to qualify for it? One would assume it will not, which means we could be living in a world where Michigan is playing for the national championship under this cloud Mm -hmm. of question. And the other question that will come up from this is what will it mean for Jim Harbaugh's future in Michigan and in college football in general? That's been a huge topic here. I wanted to get the players' takes on this, and RC, I'll start with you. I know that you had a chance to talk on your your podcast, The Pivot, with Charles Woodson, legendary Heisman Trophy winner for Michigan. What did he tell you?
2: Well, Charles, I mean, like anybody who goes to a school and loves their school, he wants to prove. Like he wanted to be able to see things. He's not going to just condemn Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Universe and the Michigan Wolverines to say that this team is cheating. But when you listen to what the coach from Purdue said, there were some things that stuck out to me. This doesn't feel like speculation. To them. This doesn't feel like allegations by Purdue's head coach. It feels like certainty. It feels like we said we know for a fact, which is why we have changed things. And listening to you say the ADs or the athletic directors left the meeting with the commissioner feeling better about their opportunity to see punitive action taken against the Wolverines says a lot to me. It says that everybody believes that they have crossed the line in sign stealing because I'm going to say this and I want the entire world to know this. Everybody wants an advantage. Everyone looks for an advantage. The reason that the Michigan Wolverines are in a tough spot is because they crossed the line in finding that advantage. If I can steal signs, hell yeah, I want to know your signs. If there's a way that I can do it within the rules, you're damn right I'm going to do it. The Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh have done more than that, and that is why this team will get punished. It's a big deal when you break rules, but it's not a big deal to me when you're looking for a competitive edge to win football games. That's where Jim Harbaugh and this. team made the mistake, and that's where I believe they need to be punished because what we want from our college sports for sure, which is an amateur sport, is we want fairness and an equal playing ground. And if you in some way have tipped that scale, you deserve to be punished. I want to make one more point before I
1: I get Bart and Danny in here. Um, Cindy, our director, can we roll the video from the Central Michigan sideline? So another part of this that has become a very big deal is that Connor Stallions, who was the staffer who has been allegedly at the center of all of this, people believe that that is him on the sideline of Central Michigan. He's wearing these sunglasses. (laughs) It's a night game. He's the only person wearing
3: sunglasses.
1: (laughs) And at one
0: point, there is actually a
1: shot where you see a little blue light come on in his glasses. So there is an allegation that he is actually recording the signs on the opposite sideline during this game against Michigan State and Michigan later beat Michigan State 49 to nothing. Now we don't know with certainty that that's who that is, that that is Connor Stallions. <laughs> but here's the only thing I'll say about it: where, they have had ample opportunity is this to say technology who we from. Well, forgetting that I for a second, RC Google glasses. They could very easily by now have just told us who it was. Thank if that know. isn't him, Central Michigan. If that's oh no, that's Coach Fred Thomas, and we know exactly. No. So the fact that they haven't <laughs> said anything to me <laughs> is about as convincing an evidence as you could possibly ask for that that is actually Connor Stallions, because okay. they've had a week to tell us. What actually is so here's the deal Bart this has now gotten to a big place I've heard a lot of players and I feel like you feel that way too tell me ceiling signs is not a big deal maybe it is maybe it isn't but I do know that this is not the norm when you are planting yeah. one of your assistants on the opposing sideline to videotape That's through these of work. glasses signs
3: God. this is not normal stuff but this is <laughs> in, in, in far as cheating or to me this is a misdemeanor you know, when, when I played, and I don't know what the rules are in, in college, <laughs> but when I played, everybody sent their scouts to their opponents. How many, how many uh, signs and, and defenses did you guys steal from us, R.C.? But you're not allowed and we, to. And we it, stole them from For percent. whatever
1: reason, I agree with it's you. So for stupid. whatever reason, it may be stupid, but it is the rule. They're not allowed to buy tickets to the you game. Know, I agree so with you. That part is ridiculous. We do not
2: want to steal your signs.
3: Yeah. yeah you just stole our defensive so coverages. How big a deal is it? I don't think it's a big deal. And listen, for for Ryan Walters, I understand this is like the evil empire. They don't need to steal Purdue's sign to kick that ass. Like, 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 let's listen. To, like, miss me with that. And they don't need to do that against Michigan State as well. Like, oh, if Ohio State got something to say about it, okay, I get it. But Rutgers, shut up. Like, okay, uh, Michigan State, please. And Purdue, man, stop it. Stop it, Purdue. Like, what are we talking about? Man? That's a very good line. You want to make yourself oh. famous, man. We don't need nothing. Stop. Uh, that, 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 be that as it may. I the hope they question, a mud hole through them this week. L- let me very quickly ask Graziano. Um, because we
1: have, that. we've had many people, including Feinbaum, on this show, oh, yeah. suggesting that this could lead to Harbaugh going back to the NFL. Right. And we've thought that a couple of different times in the recent past. Mm-hmm. And you were making the point in our meeting this morning,
4: it hasn't materialized. It hasn't, right? Like a couple of years ago, it seemed like he was going to Minnesota to interview for a job and maybe he was the favorite to get it, and he wasn't. Uh, and then last year he was connected with Denver, and then yeah, that got shut down pretty quickly. So you nice. have a guy who had tremendous success at the NFL level. Like, like people, if people forget, you can look up his record, like tremendous success yep. in terms of wins at the, at the NFL level, uh, a, a, who might want to get back in. Again, we're speculating. We don't know if he wants to get back in, but the last couple of years he's at least dabbled. Um, so teams, for whatever reason, have not wanted to do that. He'll be connected to teams, right, like no matter what. He'll be connected to the Raiders. People are already connecting him there. The question is, does this, is it one more log on the fire of of a reason not to fire? My, my guess would be no, but. It's not as if he was a, you know...
3: They win a national championship, nobody cares. I'm
4: just saying, it's not like teams were crying out to do it in the first place. All right,
3: i got to leave this
1: here for the moment, Uh, but we will come back to much more football as we go. But I want to run the floor. Earlier we showed you Victor Wembanyama spectacular last night, 20 points in the first half. uh, Suns, excuse me, Spurs built a huge lead in Phoenix and then wound up holding on at the end with Wembanyama scoring 10 of their final 12 points. He finished with 38, several of them of the spectacular of variety inside, outside. Spurs got a very impressive win. Look at him step into that three. Uh, Other big men, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid filling up the stat sheet, 28 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. Sixers beat the Raptors in their first game since trading James Harden, Kelly Oubre Jr., Tobias Harris each scored 23 for Philly. And then speaking of Harden, he was introduced yesterday in LA, and boy, did he have a lot to say about his departure from Philadelphia. Harden telling reporters he sacrificed millions along with his playing style while a member of the Sixers.
0: Philly is just, you know, changing my role. Knowing I can give more, knowing I can do more. But if you want to be honest, like being on a leash, and I never really, you know, had that opportunity. So, like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a. You know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system.
1: Oh, good God. Okay, so we've got Brian <laughs> Winhorst and uh, and Monica Magnat with us here. Monica, what did we just hear?
6: Uh, okay, we, we heard the sound bite that jumps off the page, but actually I thought that answer was fair, the entire answer by James Harden. Um, listen... I was a big fan of the way that he morphed his game last year. You look at what he was able to do in terms of points. Um, he averaged 10 assists with that team, and that's not easy. He's a guy that has made his career out of dominating the basketball, and he was asked not to. So I do appreciate the honesty there in terms of him sharing his side of the story. I, I also will say it felt a little bit detached in terms of acknowledging that you are forcing your way out of these positions, but he's one of few guys in the league that can do
5: it. Explain it, Wendy. Wendy. Yeah, so this is James Harden basically saying what his truth is. His truth being that he left $26 million on the table, Those are, that's the figure that he put out there yesterday, that he changed his game, and at the end of the day, when it came time to be rewarded for that, in other words, to get paid by the Sixers, they turned their back on him. That is the way he sees it, and essentially what he was basically saying was, I was done sacrificing in Philadelphia because they weren't giving me the money. And so I could actually, from his perspective, understand why he sees it that way. He thought he had an understanding. He didn't have it. The concern I would have is that now he arrives in Los Angeles and says, okay, now I'm ready to sacrifice here. I'm ready to play with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook and figure this out. Let's sacrifice. But... I would be a little bit worried about it because what he wants ultimately is the contract and he's on the line again for the contract. So um, I actually give him credit for telling the truth. I'm never going to criticize anybody for speaking the truth. That's what he said. If I was the the Clippers, I would have been a little bit nervous about the way he went about it. Go ahead, Monica, real quick. So there were
6: two points in that presser that I think if you're the Clippers, you hold on to these particular sound bites. He talked about the four of those guys, Kawhi, Paul, and Russell, obviously, having accomplished so much already in their careers as individuals. So the I- basketball IQ is there. He believes they can play together. He also did praise Ty Lu as a guy that creatively draws up plays, that is a wizard when it comes to play calls, and that uses his guy's strength. And so you had to kind of parse through it because you really could be left feeling both encouraged or discouraged, depending on which soundbite you held on to.
1: Yeah, he also praised Doc Rivers like crazy when he got to Philadelphia and then got him fired as soon as he possibly could. So uh, we we'll take all that with a grain of salt. <laughs> Meanwhile, tonight, the inaugural NBA in-season tournament begins. Group play begins. 30 teams split into six groups. Top eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds, which are single elimination. Championship game will be December 9th in Vegas, 8.30 Eastern on ABC, which is where we found the commissioner, Adam Silver, on Good Morning America today.
2: I think it's so important because frankly there's so much competition, there's so much interest in sports, particularly this time of year, there's a lot of college football going on, obviously the NFL. So it's just an opportunity to break through a little bit to take games that we were already playing, but add something special And some of the things we're doing, for example, we're using. Different courts, very colorful courts, so I, hopefully when, <laughs> when fans are great. tuning, you know, flipping through the channels, it's on ESPN tonight, it'll, it'll be a little bit arresting to say something different is going on by seeing the courts. We're using different uniforms, and, and the guys really seem to be getting up for it.
1: So again, this is something we've been hearing about a while. I don't know that all fans understand it fully. Wendy, what should fans be expecting as the tournament begins?
5: Well, the fact that they're changing the courts and the uniforms is an indication. Right now, they're selling style over substance. What they're hoping for is that we'll see substance over style in the way the players approach this. Now, they have been. Some of the players have come out. Some of the stars have said they care about this. Five hundred thousand does go to the winner. That they're gonna. It's gonna matter to them. We'll see. The players will tell us. We've seen the NBA try some innovation in recent years with the play-in tournament that worked. And the All-Star game, that failed. We'll see what happens here. What do you think, Monica?
6: (laughs) Uh, I think I love the use of the word arresting as far as some of these courts. Because in my opinion... Some of these are just flat-out ugly, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. The tournament begins tonight.
1: Group stage doubleheader. You'll see some of the biggest stars in the sport. Giannis and the Bucks hosting the Knicks, 7.30 Eastern. Then Jokic and the Nuggets hosting Luka and the Mavs. Coverage starts NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, will Dak be in distress Sunday in Philadelphia? What must he do to beat Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, our former Cowboy Chris Canty will join the discussion coming up next. Plus, we will be back in just a moment.
0: ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. That is the only punishment here.
2: Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks,
0: what do you seek here?
2: To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come.
5: FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.
1: Back on Get Up, a football Friday. The game is called Who You Got. RC,
2: who you got Sunday night in Cincinnati, Bills or Bengals? I have the Cincinnati Bengals. When you look at this team, when Joe Burrow is healthy, they're the best team top to bottom roster-wise. With what we've seen Lou Anarumo do down the stretch with his defenses the last two years, Joe Burrow now on called quarterback runs and scrambling, and we know who Jamar Chase is on the outside. I have the Cincinnati Bengals not only this week, but going forward if they're healthy. Yeah, they, they look like they might be the best
3: team right now. Bart,
1: Seahawks-Ravens in Baltimore. Who you got?
3: First of all, I can't just let Ryan Clark come here and say those words. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? This is the best team in football right now, the most complete team. Lamar Jackson in his bag going against the Seattle Seahawks, two teams that run the ball and play great defense, but the Ravens are a little bit better in everything better than the Seattle Seahawks, including the Cincinnati Bungles.
1: One o'clock Eastern game in Baltimore for (laughs) Seattle coming across the country. Graziano, the big one in the NFC East. Cowboys, Eagles. Who do you
4: like? I like the Cowboys, and I'm prepared to look bad. I really am. I know the Cowboys can do that to you, but I think the way they're coming into this game, Dak Prescott, the confidence he has right now, the way their passing game is operating with him and C.D. Lamb, and his history against the Eagles, which is outstanding, uh, I, I think that it, I think it's set up for the Cowboys to pull the upset. This
1: so let's put all the picks up on the screen here in what is a monster matchup, the first of two between these teams. RC, you're also riding with the Cowboys. Tell me what will decide the game. What is it you'll be watching for as this game progresses to say, okay, th- that
2: That's why this team is going to win it. Period point blank. How do the Philadelphia Eagles create pressure? When you look at last Mm -hmm. season, at least through the first eight games, the Philadelphia Eagles stats and, uh, in the sack department aren't very far off, but where are those meaningful sacks? Where are those sacks that create or allow the back end of the pass coverage to excel? Where is the day like we saw against Minnesota and Justin Jefferson last year on primetime where Darius Slay excels, where James Bradbury makes a play to change this game, where Nicobe Dean, who is now the starting linebacker, does something to affect this game that changes it and allows this offense of the Philadelphia Eagles to get short fields, to get easy scores. We haven't been seeing that. And so if they don't create that pressure, I'm not confident in them that they could stop Dak Prescott, that Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb can be slowed down, that now Brandon Cooks taking off the top of the coverage is something that they could keep the Dallas Cowboys from doing. And it's not that I'm just confident in Dak Prescott. It's that I've seen this defense and I've watched Jalen Hurts have to pull them up by their bootstraps with his play along with A.J. Brown. So if they don't get pressure, I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys offensively thinking they can make plays. And on the defensive side, I think some of that nature to turn the football over to ball hunt and what Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles have been doing by from a standover a turnover standpoint allows the Dallas Cowboys to win this one. How
3: about it, Bart? <clears throat> I mean I think first of all we need to start talking about Hassan Reddick in the same vein as we talk about Michael Parsons cuz both of them are tremendous football players but you talk about you know the fact that Dallas really hasn't been able to establish a run they need their bruiser it seems like Pollard hasn't become the back that they thought he was going to be as far as being able to handle the workload that means that that means Dak Prescott is going to throw the football a lot, and whenever we know that Dak Prescott throws the football a lot, it usually encompasses a couple of turnovers, which changes the game. So I just trust Jalen Hurts in making the right decisions. I think A.J. Brown is the best, you know, or you know, right there with Tyreek Hill as far as the best receiver in the game right now. I want to see how this matchup between Bland or Stefan Gilmore having to draw that and then what that means for Devontae Smith on the other side. Now, you talk about, you know, CeeDee Lamb. I wonder to see if they're going to match up Big Play Slay no matter where he goes because you can hide CeeDee Lamb yeah. in a slot and he's been killing teams in the slot and Bradbury in the slot last week was a liability so I don't think they do that and let's see who, who makes the plays when it's time to make the plays how about what's at stake here
1: we, oh. we, we talk about the division obviously not only the separation here but just the Cowboys
4: winning a game like this it feels like a long time since they've won a game like this very important and honestly just mathematically if they want to stay close in the division it's important but right. yes I think it's important for them to feel like they can win this game, and I'm sure they feel like they can win this game, but to know that you can win this game, right? right. That There's a difference there. And Instantly. so I, I do think it matters. But again, Dak Prescott's history against the Eagles is extremely good. Mm-hmm. And, and there's there's no reason for him not to be confident coming into this game. Your point about the turnovers, I think you're holding one bad season against Dak Prescott. Last year, the turnovers were a problem. Prior to that, they have not been. And if you look at this year,
5: mm-hmm.
4: it's Jalen Hurts that's been a problem for turnovers. So yep. I, I think if that yeah. – I, I think going into this – game, end of the season, the Eagles – You know, they're a Super Bowl team. I get it. But right now, the way the two teams are playing, I I give a little bit of an edge to Dallas. RC, final word. What's at stake psychologically for the Cowboys? They haven't won a
1: game against one of the big boys in a while.
2: Yeah. Everything, everything. I, you know, and and I and I hate that "what's at stake" question. Every time we do it on a production call, I almost hang my phone up. But this is important. <laughs> it's important because the Dallas Cowboys make these games extremely important. If you think back to the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys were talking about the macro. They were talking about the big picture. But the San Francisco 49ers weren't. I believe the Dallas Cowboys are focused on this game in the exact same way. They know who the Philadelphia Eagles are and who they ended up being last year, and they're going to test themselves or measure themselves against this team, and they get to do it on the field. The outcome of this game is much more important to the Dallas Cowboys than it is
1: the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, we'll leave it there. RC, we will see you on first take. Have a great weekend. Bart, you're headed there as well. Coming up there off the top of the hour is Wemba Nyama, already a superstar. How are the Steelers 5-3? First take, Molly, Stephen A., Bart, RC, and a
3: whole lot more. They're on their way top of the hour
5: on ESPN. The Raiders
1: have fired head coach Josh McDaniels the last time we had a coach fired during the season. Oh, boy. I lost Jeff Saturday immediately.
0: My sources are telling me that Jeff Saturday is here behind those blue doors. Oh, okay. Oh, thank He's goodness. He's oh, so The road. Jaguars like. won
1: three straight games.
0: Uh, yes. No, five. they haven't. Five. They won
1: five. Five in yeah. a row. Well, that's not three. Yeah. <laughs> Magnificent, you are. Takesman. Happy oh, Halloween. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Looky yeah. at
1: yes. This. That is weird, right there, Greeny. Chris Canty. He is full on three princes. <laughs> I'm going as the wet blanket. Does anyone else feel like we're interrupting Jeff from a hunting trip as we? <laughs> 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 Let's away. go. Nick Larry, What might he be? Hi. Who the hell is Lowry? He's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. That's great.
4: You're the first lady. I'm the first He's the
2: bishop. What even is happening? That boy back. This linebacker is probably pooping bricks right now. He's too small. Keep it rolling, baby.
3: Keep it oh, rolling.
2: Too small. Little boy, get out of here. I think I need new no security. <laughs> you might like a small cake, Greeny.
3: I like a big cake. <laughs> I like a big cake. Lillian is the big one. Oh.
1: Great fun. As always, Graziano and I'll be coast-to-coast on ESPN Radio in 60 seconds. The fun continues here with get uh, First Take Now.